Winners is drugs. off the hill like the, oh, the yeah. top of the hill and it completely devalued the whole thing like <laughs> right. everyone had these massive metal slammers and stuff yeah, like that yeah, like it was yeah. just like oh like someone rich just like broke the system here like because uh, we used to trade pogs this right. is a rare one this is not totally they were just like here's everything we're like oh, okay <laughs> that sounds like it's kind of douchey but also kind of it's a super flex. Not. It's a super it is, flex yeah. just yeah. to show up to school and be like, oh, pogs, whatever, guys. Here's bags <laughs> full. <laughs> yeah. It, it came like that was a thing that came in and out so quick in my school just because they mm. completely flooded the market and everyone had everything. So our school didn't have the, I'll trade you this like slammer for 10 of these pogs. It's like everyone owned everything. So it's yeah. just kind of like, why do we play this game again? Because it, 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 I think it was massively you needed the element of i'm gonna go win someone's pogs but if mm. everyone has like 400 pogs no one really cares about losing true, pogs true. like you need you need winners and losers and everyone was just winning so yeah we we had pogs too and, and also marbles i remember like when i was really young marbles got big and i remember some kid he made like this was freaking genius i mean, maybe his parents told him to do or something mm. but he made this like kind of like uh marble slot machine almost where you'd like there would be all the all these like ramps in it and at the bottom would be like win lose win lose slots for sure made this yeah and and so like you would drop it down and if it got in you would win the marble that he put up and obviously the it was super hard to win like Mm -hmm. it was set up the way but kids were obsessed with it like there was a lineup of people willing to throw their marble in to try to win i'd like to know this I'd like to do two things. Mm. Did that dad work for a casino or Maybe. was he a hardcore gambler himself knowing my son's going to rack up with this thing? True, true. Because I don't want to buy him fucking marbles. So what if he just gets them for free from his friends? Yeah. And then the statistics on how many of those kids that participated became degenerate gamblers in oh. their adult age. <laughs> like Maybe, yeah. Because I, I do think there is something to like, if you get, if like that whole like age gating gambling, I think mm. is actually like more important than like anything else like as yeah far as totally it's it's really probably it trains people's yeah it's that whole marshmallow test right you've heard of that right yeah 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 it's like people who be who, people who are gamblers probably don't do so well on the the marshmallow test as no. a kid right no not at all what what was it it's like you can have this one immediately or like two in five minutes or something yeah yeah it's it like they what they do is they put the marshmallow in front of them mm-hmm. and they say um it i'll come back in 10 minutes and if this is, hasn't been eaten you'll get another one right mm-hmm. and then some kids like i i watched a video on it and you know the kids really struggle the one the one that i was like most impressed with was some girl that just like immediately just chowed down it's like i know i'm not gonna make it the 10 minutes i'm not even gonna try <laughs> fuck it and just ate it and i was like hey good on you right yeah there's no i wouldn't be able to wait either impulse control really yeah i i could i'm sure i could have passed the marshmallow test as a kid because i i had good impulse control i could now there's no i don't think as a kid i think it was just like that's not yeah well you you can now because gives a fuck about a marshmallow <laughs> no but i'm saying like even now like if it's if it's an incentive of like do you want to like we'll just say 100 200 yeah. So if you sit here for ten minutes, you'll get two hundred dollars. I'd probably, str- I'd, I'd be like, part of me would be like, fuck, this is gonna be a boring ten minutes. Just take the hundred. Yeah, but it's got to be something that scales with into adulthood, right? Like ten minutes is nothing to an adult, right? right? right. So it would be more like, oh the, yeah, the moment it's an hour, I'm like, fuck this, I'm taking a hundred. Yeah, but it, it's kind of like um, the stock market, I guess, right? Like when your stocks go up, like how quickly do you pull the trigger and sell them, right? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't know anything about stocks going up. But mm. I am now going to be investing purely in the S&P 500, I think. Oh, yeah. Doing yeah. the index thing. Yeah. Boring, safe, boring. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like uh, 
yeah, you'll probably be successful. I'm still like, you know, I still have other like ones that I'm fine with. Like, you know, I still think long-term we're going to be fine. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's not, not, I don't know. It doesn't, it's like anything else. I get invested in a, in a hobby and then I just kind of like, eh. I'm I'm just back to kind of, eh. yeah, but like stocks that it, it has that gambling like dopamine thing that just sucks you in right yeah not anymore like my friend told me that like charting and all that shit was bullshit and so i was reading up about why it's bullshit right right and ever since i read that i was like oh then like because before it was the learning element i really wanted to learn how to pay attention to charting how to swing trade how to whatever right and that just kind of like eliminated my interest because it's kind of you know, yes, because that got me to the eventual thing of Warren Buffett's bets versus um, hedge funds. Yeah, but I mean, like, you don't have to. You can still invest in individual stocks and not look at technical analysis and charts and stuff. You can literally just buy some stock and just sit on it for yeah a year, right? It's that, true. I mean, I guess that's no less boring than, or it's no more boring than investing in an index fund. So. Yeah. You could do that as well, right? Yeah, I don't know. I, it, it just all... Because now I'm like, yeah, I could pick individual stocks, right? And I could be like, ooh, this is my company now, and I really like this. But it's going to ultimately be worse than the S&P 500. Yeah. Over... Like, if I can, if I constantly use that method, right? Like, that's, yeah. that's the whole bet, is like, that the it's just picking individual stocks does not work out as often as just investing in an index fund. Yeah, that's true. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't really have a good reason for, I mean, I do have a good reason in the sense that like, because I'm a dual citizen, there's weird tax implications if I invest in an ETF. Mm-hmm. But apart from that, I don't have a good reason not to go that, that road. Yeah. So I, I mean, it is fun just to connect. You can connect with people just talking about stocks. What do you own? What do you not own? Right? True, true. So from that perspective, I like having individual stocks. You know, it's just like a, it's interesting to find out what other people are focused on. Like what industry do you know about? Like what, what yeah. stocks do you know about? What can you tell me about, you know, um, tech stocks or. Would you invest in the. Have you heard about that psychedelic ETF? That's coming yeah, out? I'm in that one. You you are in that one. <laughs> yeah, again? unfortunately. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, it's down. I heard. Well, I mean, here's the thing. I had a rule prior to that, which was basically like any stock I'd ever looked at their IPO. You should never invest in the first like year and a half because it always comes down. Like it always seems to come down, mm, like yeah. from the initial uh, yeah. spike. And so that ETF specifically, I was like so hyped on it because I was like, oh, I this, this is going to be sweet because it's going to be, it felt like we're getting closer to legalization, right? Yeah. I'm now able to have therapy that I probably wouldn't have two years ago. Right. So we're on track. But yeah, it started at like, I don't know, 10.50 a share or something. It's like 8.30 now, which isn't too bad. But yeah, it's it, not too it bad. dropped down to like six. So you feel like. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, you do you. Do you think that psychedelic, like, do you think there's going to be a good legal market for psychedelics? It's more, no, to me, to me, it's more about like U.S. government pouring money into paying for this for veterans that come back with PTSD. Yeah. So it's it's more about government money getting involved. Yes, but I think there's also going to be microdosing. Microdosing is going to be a big thing, right? I mean, all the, you, you hear about all these like Silicon Valley types who are microdosing acid just so they can have, have a more creative outlook on their, their work, right? Yeah, but I, I don't really, I, I can't remember if it was the, in the realm of Hungry Ghosts, but it, I, I just, I never think, I never think like this is going to catch on. Like my parents are going to do this, my whatever. To me, it always seems like that same 30% that's drawn to drugs and alcohol or whatever. They're the only ones that are going to adopt this. If anybody, I think, I think microdosing is going to be like, you went to that psychedelic meetup a Mm. few times, right? No, the times I went, that's everyone just wanted to talk about microdosing. It was like, no matter what you, they could set the topic 
and it would just devolve into people talking about microdosing all the time, right? I know, but to me, that's those people are the 30%. Like, those are the people willing to do psychedelics. Yeah. Like my brothers are not going to suddenly like see science on, on microdosing and be like, I should be microdosing for my electrician job. Maybe not, but I mean, that's the, whoever the, these people are that are going to do it are still going to be revenue generating people for these companies, right? Yeah, I guess so. But I, I part of me thinks it's kind of like what happened in Amsterdam. Like they used yeah. to have psychedelic truffles, right? Yeah. But tourists coming in fucked it up for the locals basically because oh, like how so well like tourists would come in and they get too fucked up on psychedelics and yeah so it was causing all these problems like you know people puking the streets or uh, yeah yeah like but... whereas everybody there kind of knew like because they grow up like if you grow up with the substance right it's not a big deal it's like True. oh we have the truffle we go home we chill we whatever yeah but so i i just think like it's never going to be like this free for all on psychedelics where you can just go buy. Yeah. But I see that's, that's what I, what I'm saying is like truffles or mushrooms or even hits of acid. It's like, that's a whole different experience to microdosing. And the problem is, is that when you have a truffle, when you have just a bag of dried mushrooms, it's really hard to dose in a way that would qualify as a microdose, right? Mm -hmm. But so it's like it's like when you talk about legal weed mm -hmm. as like kind of shit and how like black market is so much better, when it comes to microdosing, you kind of need companies with like scientists and labs and stuff to go in, extract these substances and and package it in such a way that you can have micro like one to two micrograms of LSD. Yeah. Right. And, and so, yeah, I, I think that it's going to be more, that's, that represents a better market than legal weed did. For yeah. That reason. Okay. I, I can see that. Like if, yeah, cause it's definitely, you know, like I, I portion out my microdose. I mean, you don't call them microdoses, but yeah. my one to two grams, right. Approximately in like ice cube trays or whatever. Yeah. And it's the same amount of liquid, but yeah, each trip is like, holy fuck. Like this one had way more yes. than the one the other day. Yeah. So I can see it being more even keel. Yeah. 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 Like you want to have, you want to have a consistent experience. Yeah. Right. Like if like we, I remember we used to try cutting up a tab of acid into like tiny, tiny squares. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, sometime the the acid would have completely soaked in on one corner not the other yeah. so you take it one time nothing next time you take it in your rect yeah right i uh, i'm curious now someone someone was just talking to me about how they don't believe in microdosing or that microdosing doesn't work and i was like I'll I'll bring it back next time. I'll ask them more about yeah, it. Yeah, well the, i i'm not super enthused about microdosing because the, the the people that are thinking of microdosing, they're thinking of it as like, oh, I could be more effective at work, mm. right? And it's like, I've always thought of psychedelics as something you use to free yourself from being just stuck in the rat race, right? Mm -hmm. Like it helps you get a better perspective on life in general. And these people want to use it just to get an edge right. on work. It's right. kind of like, it's why do... A purpose. Why do we have to ruin everything that way, right? <laughs> Why does it always have to be about being better at work? Yeah, exactly, right? Yeah, well, that I mean, that's certainly not why I microdose. Like, I, I microdose because it's like, it can be just the little, like, bump out of whatever narrative's going on in my life in that, yeah. in that week or whatever, right? Like, it's like, a, you know, it's a, I take it, have a bath, can come out of it. And like just having that little break in the mindset that I was in can just almost completely erase yeah, whatever yeah. term. Like not like a, it's not the same as weed. Like weed, weed was just literally a skate, like, like basically kicking the can down the road. Like it's, mm -hmm. it's not actually processing anything. I feel like what psychedelics do is like 
reconnect you to things that matter. So it's like it True. refocuses you. Like if, if you were really worrying about this relationship, this relationship, you're like, oh no, it's all good. I'll be okay. Like shit like that. Like it, it refocuses your attention to like understanding that it's not as big a deal as. Yeah. That's a really good way of putting it. Yeah. I, I've definitely used it in that way as well. Um, yeah. It kind of like connects you back to what, what, it, what should really matter. Like what you actually care about, but you just, you're too distracted yeah most of the time to realize it right yeah like resets your priorities almost yeah and it really does have that like connected effect you're like oh yeah we're all just humans this is a weird mental thing yeah i've been hyper focused on yeah i i i have no desire to be using mushrooms right now though Mm. like i've i've gone like i've weirdly gone super straight edge like in the last year just it's kind of disappointing like as you said like it's kind of disappointing (laughs) i you know i think back fondly to times where i've been fucked up on weed or anything and it's just like those are some of the funnest times ever but now now it's almost like something just lame to my brain about staying sober all the time yeah true do you know what i mean like i I don't know why i resist that so much but it's just kind of like so what, I'm just going to be present the rest of my life? Like, yeah. Just, <laughs> like something sucks <laughs> about that. I don't know. But like, do you foresee that this sobriety that you're kind of enjoying right now is going to carry on for the foreseeable future? Or do you think it's just like right now you just need to be clear headed and maybe? No, like that's what I mean. Like, I think I've just hit a point where like, and I kind of noticed this a long time ago with most people, but it's like your late thirties, you're just kind of, you're more comfortable being yourself. You don't need as much of a reason to be like different or figuring yourself out or getting fucked up to like when you're younger, you're kind of like not addressing your emotional issues or whatever. And so you're using things like getting fucked up on a Friday to connect. You're like, well, Sorry if I said too much. I was drinking. Like, you know. Yeah, yeah. You you don't have to. You you kind of like see through the bullshit of taking stuff to have the excuse to have an experience. Now you just kind of own it. You just have the experience. If you want to uh, yeah, open up to a yeah. friend, you open up to a friend. It's not. I see that. I see that. I, I mean, I'm even a few years older than you and I don't necessarily feel like my enthusiasm for drugs has abated mm-hmm. that much. Mind you, I don't take drugs that often, right? Mm-hmm. Like I want to do mushrooms. I want to do LSD, but it just never seems like it's a fit for like the, what I got planned for the weekend, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to do this. If I take acid, I'm going to be up all night and I'm going to be tired the <laughs> mm-hmm. next day. So, and then it's like, um, I think, okay, well, when I take vacation, I can do it. And then... I end up planning to go traveling or I plan, it's like, oh, I can spend this time to, to build this thing that I've been wanting or, or learn this new programming language. And it's so, so it's like, I never have the time, right? but I never, I don't feel like if I somehow did have the time that I wouldn't absolutely take advantage of it. Mm. Right. That, that usually is my issue with like taking mushrooms now. It's like, uh, do I want to not eat for like seven hours? Yeah. Yeah. Like, when am I going to do that? And like, is this going to like interrupt my sleep at night? Like shit like that always on my brain. It's like, if I do mushrooms now, I basically have to wake up, eat something, do it like an hour later. Yeah. Eat at like eight o'clock. Yeah. But I also it's like a whole ordeal. True. But I also don't think that that's something new for me. I think I always felt that way. I always felt like it was such a kind of a pain in the ass to my schedule Mm. to take a psychedelic because of how long they last. Mm -hmm. And I think like the way I got around that when I was younger was I'd always try to push for doing psychedelics with friends Mm -hmm. because when I'm hanging out with friends, I don't feel like there's something else I need to be doing. I'm I'm not as aware of the passage of time and how much potentially I'm wasting because when I'm with friends, it's like, that's what 
you're just that's what you're doing yeah you're just there to hang out yeah right so i always wanted to do psychedelics with other people but so many people are not on board with that right like so many people want to do psychedelics by themselves right very few people want to do it as a social gathering right i don't blame them but that's how i always like to do it See, and I, uh, like, we talked about, I think we were going to do it this summer, like mm. me you and our other friend or whatever. Yeah. But, like, whenever I start to actually think about it, I'm like, okay, so, but, so how does this work? Like, how are we getting to the park? How are we getting home from the park? You yeah. Know, like, yeah. shit like that. And it's like, uh, we haven't actually all hung out just hanging out. How is this going to go? Because, like, you told me a, a story about True. before how it went and, like, one of you got up and like you were yeah yeah you were bothered by that guy or, or whatever yeah, right yeah so it's just like what what kind of weird triggers are we gonna have that like uh, are we gonna be comfortable like there's just so much stuff that like i normally don't have around doing psychedelics by myself yeah you know no, and that's absolutely the case right it's like when i went and did that it was there was three of us and one of the people it's like we weren't that great of friends, but soberly, I didn't even think twice about it, right? Because like I, I thought the guy was cool, mm. right, and and all of that. But once you're in that that state, it's like you don't have like there was no good foundation for our friendship to hold on mm-hmm. to the fact that we were kind of acting weird now because we were on psychedelics. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I had the capacity to to like think above that. I I didn't like hold it against him when we were sober that 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 it went down that way i was just like that's that's part of the journey right maybe he had resentment for the fact that things got weird but the, i think the problem was that one of you got up and left or was it he got up and left I no i i know story well, well no i i don't there a lot of things happened it, it, but it wasn't nothing happened in the sense of like nobody got angry and yelled or anything mm-hmm. like that things just got really super awkward mm. right and everyone and i we could definitely feel it and i don't know mm. he seemed really upset <laughs> when mm. we when we were driving because we got a cabin right we got a cabin but we wanted to go down to this lake so we drove down to the lake we took lsd and we we were there for like six hours mm. hanging on a lake it was amazing beautiful lake and nobody else was around because we we went during the middle of the week and so we had this whole lake to ourselves and it was absolutely amazing experience but um you know he for some reason got weirded out and he he was noticeably angry Hmm. the rest of the day when we went back to the cabin and on the drive back and i I don't really know why but you don't think it kind of because i've had i've had significantly different experiences on acid like i remember one time taking too much mm. and i was just like an emotional meltdown like oh just, yeah yeah i was like whoa okay half a tab is our jam <laughs> like right, don't do right. that full tab again like that it clearly overwhelmed you like i wonder if it was about that kind of thing like it's more about your inner like you guys maybe perceived it as like him being angry, but he more maybe discovered something about himself he didn't like. Maybe, maybe. Or, or was judging the shit of himself. I, I have no idea, but I think the the thing about doing psychedelics with other people is you have to realize that it is ultimately a solo journey. So in some cases, people are kind of just check out of the conversation, mm-hmm. kind of be in their own little world, and that should be okay, right? Like I remember I used to do uh psychedelics with a group of friends were one of the people he wouldn't do psychedelics with us because he just couldn't like his emotional state was to the point where it would be a bad trip every time Mm. but he was seemingly okay with us just hanging just hanging out with us while the rest of us did it but at some point he would stop being okay because he would just get bored as hell Mm. he'd be like all right we need to just fucking stop this now so it's like i'd always have to like walk home still tripping and it was Mm. super annoying Mm. right because it's Mm -hmm. like you know i don't want to be outside in the world right there's nothing worse than having to exert while you're tripping yeah so it's like it's it's so hard to get people into the right mind state to trip together but 
it's so much better when see, you can, right? See, and I think I think that's why I would enjoy it because I historically like like when you know like I didn't actually start daily smoking weed until I was twenty eight. Mm. So like when me and my friends would get a hold of weed in like my early twenties, it was like a real event to get high to each other. Like, yeah, it was like this is gonna be fun as shit. Mm-hmm. And like we, as you said, we had that stable like really close friendship thing. So it's like, we weren't too worried about how anyone was going to react on it. Like you could be yourself. It was more, you know, like someone's acting weird. It's just kind of like, Steve, what are you doing, bud? Right. It's just like, what? (laughs) Like, I didn't know I was doing anything. You know, like it's not a big deal. Whereas like, if you're with someone you don't know, they might feel judged by that comment. Right. Like you you might not know how it's going to land, but like if you're with people that you know, well, you know how to make them laugh or you know how to connect with them. It's like, it's, it is a deeply rewarding experience to do drugs together. Like, yeah, that's always the one that I, <laughs> on OkCupid, I always struggle with, right. Is like, can doing drugs be a romantic thing? Oh yeah. yeah. Right. And I think I've always historically answered no, because I think that's what women want to hear. Right. Mm-hmm. Or they will judge me on if I say yes, that I would want that to happen. Right. I don't necessarily ever want to experience that. Right. Like, you know, people talk about MDMA being amazing with a partner, but it's like, I don't think I will ever take MDMA outside of a clinical. Yeah. Yeah. Like this is where we differ on drugs. I I realized in this conversation is like, you're excited to still do drugs. Mm -hmm. Whereas for me, it's like, I, I feel like I, I've always had the approach that I'm hoping this drug helps me. So it's like, I don't feel I need the help anymore. You know what I mean? Like, um, it just doesn't like, that's why I haven't gravitated to like hardcore drugs. It's cause it's like, I know heroin's not going to help me. Yeah, totally. Yeah. (laughs) I, I get that. But I think, I don't know, there's still insight and wisdom to be, gained from even if you're emotionally healthy at at some point and you take it and it's like maybe you can learn how to be even more self-actualized right oh i understand that but i'm just saying like i think that's the reason why i never got into like taking xanax or anything like that like or like when i had an ativan prescription i never i did once because i wanted to see i was like what would it be like if i just took a lot of a lot of this yeah and it was like the craziest sleep I've ever had in my life. True. But I was like, I can see how this would be addictive. And I stopped him. You know, I was like, okay, don't do that again. Yeah. And, and totally, you know, I was actually talking to someone recently about this and I was like, we really should be separating drugs into two different types. There are drugs that are just crutches. They're just helping you deal with life and avoid dealing with your emotions. And then there's other drugs that are tools of self discovery Mm -hmm and personal growth Mm -hmm. right and it's like we really should be making the distinction between those types yeah i don't agree with doing cocaine or heroin or any of these drugs that just you don't think coke like i don't know much about coke but you don't think coke could get you to discover your dream that you should be following because everyone seems to talk about like future plans i mean in my opinion cocaine just like makes people really egotistical Mm. Right. Like it's you want to spend some time in your ego and just feel, you know, on top of the world. That's what cocaine does to people. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I don't. See and I'm much, always trying to kill my ego. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't see much value in that because it it's so fake. Right. Like you you at the end of it, you're still you. Right. You don't you haven't really changed anything. Right. Right. Whereas with psychedelics yeah, you're still you at the end of it, but maybe you've learned something else that can help you, right? Yeah, I've only, I mean, I've only had, I did that two weeks of acid and then I had two actual trips. So I did like 4.5 grams and then 8.5 grams. Mm. So I haven't had too, too many trips probably compared to everyone else, but for sure I learned on every one of those. Yeah. Like something, like, this is why, like, when I was reading about, like, bad trips and stuff, I, I always found it weird when people would say I had a really bad trip. I wasn't sure if that meant 
like I had a schizophrenic experience, right? You know, and right. I now have demons <laughs> still haunting me. Yeah. Or if they meant like what happened to me on my eight point five one, like I realized like I just didn't have connection with anybody, right? Yeah. And I felt super suicidal that night, but when I woke up the next day, that's when I started doing a shit ton of meetups to meet people, right? So it oh, ultimately yeah. led me to getting what I actually needed, which is to connect to more people. Yeah, that's an interesting question. Like, what exactly is a bad trip? Because a lot of people will describe the same way you do. It's like, oh, they might feel some some negative emotions, but at the end of it, they're like happy, mm-hmm. right? They're glad that they went through that because it felt like they accomplished something, right? Yeah, and it might not take like a year until you realize, oh, that wasn't a bad trip. I just, yeah. I needed to learn that lesson. Like, I needed to learn... Yeah, You're not putting enough effort into connecting to people. Yeah, but like, I mean, I remember one acid trip that I had where I was like pretty new to where I worked. And so I took the acid and I was just like thinking for a second, I was just thinking about a a, a ticket that I worked on, right? Because it's an IT role. And I became convinced during it that I had let like a hacker into our systems. And like the more I thought about, the more I was sure. And I was like starting to think about, I was like, how could I, could I go in and erase my tracks so that nobody knows that I was the one that allowed this person in. And like, I started to spiral into this really crazy paranoid state. And like the next day I woke up and I was like, what the fuck? That was nothing at all. Like Mm. that, that case that I worked on was not what I was thinking it was at the time. So I would describe that as a bad trip because I just spiraled and I didn't really get anything out of it, right? See, and that's what's interesting because like it seems to be a through line in your drugs, right? Drugs yeah. make you more anxious. Yeah, Whereas true. for me, drugs have never made me anxious except for that 8.5. I was like, holy fuck, I'm going to be... Like the only reason I was anxious in that one is because I was on a ninth floor. And yeah. I started getting in my head that like people jump out of windows and stuff when they're too fucked up. And I've taken two grams more than the God dose or whatever. Right? Yeah, yeah. And like my body was spasming and I was like, I'm definitely not controlling these like at all. Yeah. So that's a time that anxiety got to me. But in general, I feel like most drugs have the opposite effect. It's like the only time I'm not experiencing anxiety. Like, cause, yeah. Cause I, like the drugs are so powerful. That's what I'm focused on. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. not rumination. It's not, fear it's not yeah that that makes sense anxiety has ruined a lot of drugs for me for that reason i i don't know why i think it might be you know just taking those dare messages as kids just too seriously and now i'm stuck believing that i'm damaging myself in some way when i take a drug i don't know what it is but if i think too much back to dare i'm like i actually start to get like lightheaded and like Oh, yeah. <laughs> I want to throw up. I remember, do, do you remember when they take you to like the, I think it's like a hospital or like a trauma unit or something. And they like, anyways, I kept putting my hands in my pockets and like mm. volunteers kept like being like, don't put your hands in your pockets. Don't put your hands in your pockets. Really? Because I was like, fuck, it's getting hot. And I was just like almost passing out <laughs> <laughs> just because of, yeah. I, 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 I don't, I don't recall having an experience like that. I don't. Oh, cause they would be like, this is a this is a guy that was biking on his bike and someone opened a car door and his brain splattered everywhere. Oh and yeah, like, yeah. Oh my god. So you're getting queasy as a result. Yeah, like I that. like I, I I was think I didn't think about this until now. I thought it was always the fact that both my parents were nurses that I'm so yeah whatever when people start yeah. talking medical stuff. But maybe it was that dare program. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it was that day because I just remember like the rest of the day just feeling like lightheaded and sick, and I was like. Fuck. And I think, I can't remember if I tried those drunk goggles on. Oh. Do you remember the drunk goggles? <laughs> no, I, I didn't get to do any of this stuff that you're talking about. It seems like, yeah, quite invasive. It was way more like in your face. Like, yeah. have you ever seen what a person splattered on the pavement looks like? And it's just like they show you this image and you're like, Jesus. oh my God. Yeah. It's like, okay, I'm not going to drink and drive. <laughs> no, like I'm, I'm thinking of that there was a cartoon, like a cartoon special. That ha- it had like Ronald Reagan or Nancy Reagan giving the like introducing it at the start and shit. And it was like all like I was really into it because it was all the cartoon characters that I liked, like Ninja Turtles and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And it was just like a huge anti-drug 
thing where this like kid gets kind of caught up in in drugs and there's this like crazy looking villain mm. that kind of gets him into it and stuff like that mm. yeah like that's that's where i'm coming from that that's what kind of got the subconscious thought in my head that drugs are evil oh no ours is like er doctors coming to talk about people who get fucked up or their arms chopped off or their their yeah. friend fell out the back of the pickup truck like it was horrific it was just like here's all the worst things that can happen <laughs> doing everything it's like oh my god yeah that's right. way crazier do you remember okay like there's a clip that i tried to find several times the earliest like say no to drugs thing that i can remember was like a sesame street episode where they walk into an alley okay and like this guy turns around like this puppet turns around and he's like hey kids want some drugs and he like he's got like a trench coat full of drugs but his hands have like needles through it yeah yeah and like pills all over and his eyes are like all white that that's the kind of shit that like traumatized me at clearly such a young age that I was right. like, I am never injecting needles <laughs> into my body. Yeah, I don't, I don't care what drug it is. Like even I was talking to my therapist the other day. I was like, this clinic, you know, is going to be offering intravenous ketamine kind of like India eventually. And it's just like, would I even be able to do that? Like I just, oh, fuck. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, that is exactly the kind of stuff that I'm talking about. Like that's what, kind of it's it's hard for me to shake now the feeling that i'm when i if i take drugs that i'm damaged damaging myself in some way and it doesn't help that i probably actually am mm-hmm. right like you know you're you're changing your brain chemistry mm-hmm. in, and your your brain has to adapt to it right so it is causing changes to your brain no matter what you do right yeah, well, you, I mean, so I had one friend telling me I should start microdosing MDMA mm. and trying to do my own, like, get rid of PTSD, whatever. Like, why not? Yeah. But you were the, you were the one that convinced me, like, you'll be doing brain damage. And yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, fuck. That, like, that's the one that for sure, in my opinion, from what I've read, that it's, it's harmful. Mm. I mean, I guess if you could figure out a way to inject the MDMA directly into your brain, you'd be okay. Because then you don't have those toxic metabolites. But yeah, that's not going to happen. So. I wonder how clinics do it. Like, I wonder how this... Like, so I downloaded the PDF on on that yeah. study that they, that was approved. Because um, I wanted to see, like, could I be doing this myself by, you know, finding a therapist that knows what I'm doing? Yeah. Or, like, does the, does the therapy I need them to do, but they don't need to know I'm on MDMA? You know what I mean? Like a yeah. kind of a... Don't well, ask, don't tell kind of thing. It's 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 not that they're. I'm sure they're trying to minimize damage, but they're just accepting that if you have something like PTSD, you know, a little bit of brain damage, your brain is going to be able to adapt and and compensate for it. Is going to be way better than right. dealing with this horrible condition, right? Right. Yeah. Like I take sleeping pills that have. You know, they increase blood triglycerides and and have all sorts of horrible side effects. But it, it, it's just that at some point it's like, what is worse? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Is, is insomnia worse than all of these side effects? If it is, you take the medication, right? Has it been better? Yeah. My sleep is, is has been significantly improved and my quality of life is really good. I mean, I, I have to work out a way to get off the medication and that's why i'm going through this um cbt program to do that right i was gonna ask you had you have you ever tried um like any kind of hypnosis no i haven't tried hypnosis no. no the the program i'm doing right now is just like a bit more of a structured sleep hygiene type thing where it's like i have to be more i have to record my sort of behaviors throughout the evening and stuff like that so i can kind of understand yeah understand why it is that i can't sleep and and sort of figure it out right mm-hmm. so this place that i'm going to now i think they treat insomnia i think that's why i was also inquiring about it yeah that's one yeah. of the four things that they say they focus on with this it's not is ketamine the same as esketamine like a, there was like a there's like a different thing they oh, on there yeah it might be an isomer or something of ketamine it's like a nasal spray oh yeah yeah or like anyways I, I don't know what the difference is but i think that's what they were using for insomnia or 
in conjunction with CBT and whatever else they offer. Oh, okay. Just so it has more of an effect. I don't. I don't really know. I, I only. Yeah, but it up. I mean, they. I went before weed was legal. I went down to the, the weed clinic place and got a prescription for insomnia. But weed does not help with fucking insomnia. It makes sleep worse. Way worse. Right. But they still gave me prescription for it. So. Yeah, that's that's definitely one of those myths I believed about weed. Is like this will give you better sleep. It's like no, it absolutely disrupt disrupts your sleep yeah. cycle yeah. in the same way alcohol does. It's it like, does. That's why, like, it gives you the illusion of it. True. Because you yeah. sleep for like twelve hours, but like, yeah, you, you just don't remember what it would be like not. You exactly, know, like you don't yeah. remember what you used to be. Yeah, you're like perpetually sleep deprived, but you don't notice it because you literally were unconscious for that amount of time. Yeah. So somehow you're you're in this weird state where you're like your body is rested, but your mind is like not rested, right? That's why when I when I see people I know not everyone's the same, right? I have a hard time not being like this is just a transitionary phase for you. Do you know oh, what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. like you'll eventually realize this isn't actually working as well as you think it's working. Right. Like this is all an escape from dealing with your trauma or dealing with whatever. Like yeah. it's, it's, it's putting you to sleep for sure, but you, you're not actually getting quality. I like, this goes back to the age thing. I feel like people do eventually kind of wise up to it in a sense. Mm. Like at some point you, I remember really like when all my friends started getting like sober and stuff because they were worried about becoming alcoholics and whatever. So we didn't drink ever. Yeah. Yeah. And like just this natural progression to them going more and more straight lace. I remember like me, I was still in the state of like fucked up whatever. And I'm like, Oh, my friends are getting lame. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But now I see it as like, Oh, they were preparing themselves to be fathers. Do you know what I mean? Like they were, uh, they were like, yeah. they were like, I can't be doing this every Friday with my friends. Like they were, they were in a way kind of like showing their wives, like I will be good at this. Right. I can stay sober. It's, I don't need to drink every day. I don't, whatever. I mean, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. I, don't know. I, I mean, I, I had a friend like that, um, who was like, it, it comes back to cocaine. It's like he, uh, he was into cocaine for a little bit and then he stopped. And then one day he was describing a party he was at where, um, somebody was trying to get him to do cocaine and he didn't want to. And I was like, yeah, fuck, fuck cocaine. And he's like, no, no, no. If I wasn't a father, I would totally be into it. And I was like, Oh, okay. I'm not a father. And I still think it's fucking stupid. It was just enough of a pause. Yeah. Like to be like, this isn't worth. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, I, for me, the reason why I, I haven't changed my perspective on drugs is because I've always had a healthy relationship with them. Mm. Like, sure, like a few, like caffeine, for example, I use compulsively, but it's never become a problem right. for me. So I've never had to sort of mature out of them, right? Mm-hmm. I can still see myself doing them, you know, to the point where my body just can't handle it anymore Mm, right right. maybe that'll be that'll happen at some point but yeah and i think i I think see i'm kind of a weird mine's a bit more weird because i think i've only ever been into drugs because i was lacking in other areas of my life and now that i have that filled up i don't desire it as much i'm not as in in as much pain like for me like being alone is the worst kind of pain there possibly is oh yeah and so now that i like have enough people in my life it's like i don't i don't feel this underlying desire to escape to not think about reality because it's like my reality's fine true yeah it's 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 cool i think i think i'm in the same place it's just having people in my life just uses up the time that i would have used to to do drugs with so yeah. i don't end up doing them right yeah and most of my friends are super straight lace like you know yeah. they just yeah i don't have many people that are in my 30s that are just like hey man let's get fucked up this week like that i don't think that's happened in my 30s true yeah other I, people pro like proposing let's get wrecked this weekend true yeah i'm i'm in that same boat too which... i think the the only time it happens is at this guy's weekend mm. i'm actually pumped about doing it 
this year because I usually don't drink at it. Hmm. I usually go get high, feel like I've wasted the whole time. I want to this time just drink my face off with everybody else drinking their face off. Oh, yeah. Because I think I'll actually feel more connected. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that that's the thing, right? Is like you we talk about straight-laced people or people that have matured out of drugs, but it's like people still get drunk all the time, right? It's like that that's the one that people never grow out of, right? Mm-hmm. I, I like... I was at that meetup this weekend and there was a guy in his clearly in his sixties. Right. And he was having drinks. Right. It's like, why are we, why do we age out of drugs, but not alcohol? Mm-hmm. Right. Unless, unless you're an alcoholic and you can't do it anymore, but people who, who never develop a problem with it, they continue to drink. You know, my dad is in his sixties and he still drinks my stepmom mm-hmm. as well. Right. But I wonder if it's because the downside for a lot of people is so low. So like until until NAC, right? It was yeah. a huge high cost activity for me. Yeah. If I drank on Friday, it means like at least the next day's wreck probably two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. So That's like true. M- like m- for a lot of people, I mean a lot of my friends, they could drink any amount, wake up the next day, go to a wedding, be fine. You yeah. know, like shit yeah. like that. It's just like it didn't seem to affect them on the same level. And like I think that's also why I think less people will give up weed now. Because yes. it's just, it's just kind of there's it, there's no downsides really. Well, yeah, but uh, I mean that's that's what I'm saying is like is like we in our society we have this notion that like drugs are for an ex- your experimental phase or your the mm. time when you're like more angsty or or whatever, right? And then eventually you you grow out of it and but it's like for me my relationship with drugs is going to be the same as my relationship with alcohol. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to use it compulsively. I'm never going to uh, hopefully never develop a problem with it, but I'm not I I'm never going to grow out of it. I don't think so. But I think I think that has always been a myth too though. That, mm. that people just use it in their 20s and whatever. Yeah. I think people just get better at hiding it in their 30s. Yeah, true. And also, like, it's only now become more acceptable to say, I'm a 30-year-old that smokes weed. It used to be like, oh, you're still smoking weed? True. Right? Yeah. Like, there used to be more judgment around it. So I, I do feel like a lot more people will still be doing psychedelics into their 40s, 50s. Like, I don't think it is a phase thing. Yeah. I just think it was always, like, a societal judgment thing that this is just immature 20s behavior and you grow up and become an adult by 30 yeah yeah now it's just we're kind of realizing like who gives a shit yeah totally do what you want to do yeah like alcohol has has a social function Mm -hmm. right like it's the reason why people don't stop doing it is because for one it's socially acceptable um but also it works really well with with having a night with friends right Mm -hmm. Like mm-hmm. it, it's so easy, it's so easy to just have a drink mm-hmm. and talk to people, right? Where it's not the same as like having taking LSD and talking to people. No, see, and the the when I think about doing like acid now, I'm like, it it freaks me out in a way that it didn't before. Mm. Like now, I'm way more reluctant to want to do it. But what is like what is freaking you out? Um. I don't know. Again, like the back to the, it's not like whole, like it's not, uh, I don't even know what you would term the word. Like it's not naturally occurring. Yeah. Right. Like there's something about mushrooms and weed to me that seems like, Oh, this is just a thing or like even alcohol that we like grow and we turn into a thing. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't seem like created. I don't know. I, I feel more comfortable about mushrooms for that reason too. But I mean, I guess if you're, if you, uh, extract the psilocybin and you're just taking psilocybin that's really no different than taking lsd in in the in that in that context right yeah. obviously they're different chemicals but you're still purifying and and processing the the product yeah it's always it's always that kind of like there's a weird fine line for me it's like how i don't think dabs is natural for, yeah. for weed right like yeah. it just this has become a weird super crack kind of thing like it's like a it is the difference between coke and cocaine to me yeah i agree with that 
It is. Weed. It is gives it a different character. Also, those guys, like anybody that smokes dabs, I've never wanted to be around. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like they're just, they're so fucked up. It is like it's a serious. Yeah. Like I, a way more serious drug where it's like trying to talk to someone on heroin. It's like, it's not going to be a good conversation. Yeah. They're going to be zonked out. True. I mean, some people can smoke insane amounts of, of weed and still stay clear headed. Right. I've known people like that, that it's just like, I wouldn't be able to say a single word right now. If I smoked what you <laughs> didn't smoke. No, I know. I'm that I'm, I'm generally that person as well. I can't follow the conversation, but like, yeah, I, yeah, I don't really get that affected, right? Like I would smoke joint after joint. It doesn't really get to me all that much, but I'm saying dabs. That's a whole different ball game. Just, yeah, just it's, have you been around people that do dabs? No. Or like do the like, you know, what do you call those? Like torches, like torch yeah. dabs and stuff. I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, and obviously it's on a whole other level for sure. I mean, when I was young, we would do like, cherry oil or honey oil right i don't know about this uh so the difference so you would just extract do like an alcohol extraction you use like probably isopropyl alcohol or something and you would um, just extract the thc out of the the weed and then it would produce this kind of like uh sticky gummy type of stuff right and we would smoke that and it was like yeah, it was a completely different experience, right? It was, you were still high, but it was a, a high that was like very different from what you got from smoking weed. That That's what dabs is, isn't it? Like I've, like I've seen the mixing in a bucket yeah. thing, like to extract. It, maybe it's the same I, thing. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't it, know. Might, it might be the same thing because we did, we would have to use like a torch to, like what we would do is we would torch, we'd use a torch on a, like a butter knife. And then you'd have a piece of wire with a little loop in it and you'd stick it in the oil and it would coat it. And then once the butter knife was red hot, you would stick it on there mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. smoke the, the smoke that came off of it. Yeah. Super, super harsh. Yeah. Harsh as hell. But yeah, you would get so wrecked. Yeah. Okay. I got to, that noise is driving me fucking crazy. What noise? Okay. Thank you for listening to the Winners Do Drugs podcast. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can reach us at winnersdodrugspodcast at gmail.com or you can visit our subreddit, winnersdodrugspod, on reddit.com.